Welcome everybody to the Year of Love podcast. I'm your host, Allison Wu. Well, it's episode 18, and so we are already halfway through the year almost, and nothing better than taking a moment. Probably many of you are in the midst of spring cleaning and some spring sprucing up around the house. We've all been spending a lot of time in our home these last two years, so we thought it was the perfect time to talk to actually one of my very favorite people. Louise Cohen is an award-winning interior designer who helps her clients make homes and offices that they love. Louise, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Allison. I'm thrilled to be here. I'm so happy to see you. Even Thank you. Well, I'm sitting next to two of the favorite things in the world, these wonderful pillows. You know, if you love your home and we've all been feathering our nests these last two years willingly or not, it just makes us feel so much better. So can't wait to get into really, really understanding like how all of us can make our homes a better place, but just wanted to start out with you. I mean, you have what I feel is like the dream job. How did you start uh, and how did, what inspired you to become an interior designer? So that's a loaded question and one that I wasn't sure that I was going to be honest, but I'm going to be honest about it. I grew oh. up what <laughs> I grew up in what I perceived to be not at a very attractive home. And that was kind of the, the spark of, you know, of my design interest. But when I was younger, when I was much younger, my older sister and I built houses and buildings endlessly with these wood blocks. And then we had a chalkboard and we would draw floor plans. We were six and seven years old drawing floor plans of elaborate palaces and spaces that we wanted to live in in the future. So, it, you know, it was always there. It was just always present. Well, Bobby Flay says the same thing too. He became a master chef because his mom's cooking, not so great. So, <laughs> uh, I think we can all take inspiration from our childhood and that can send us into all kinds of directions, right? Absolutely, yes. So I mentioned that we have all been in our homes for the last two years. People have been spending a lot of time. If anybody's trying to find a contractor, you will know that everybody's also been inspired to redo their homes because of this. What do you think has been the impact of the last two years in terms of what people are looking for now? Um, so certainly we've, you know, everybody to a greater degree has spent more time looking at the walls surrounding them in their residences than any time prior in modern history. You know, we, prior to COVID, we spent, most of us spent a decent time during the day, the working day outside of the home. So we weren't as bothered by things that were not quite meeting our standard aesthetically or functionally within our homes. But within the last two years, we've certainly all taken notice of everything that is bothering us and wanting to do something about it. Um, so, and I'm sorry, I lost my train of thought there. It's okay. So why don't we take it from the top? So we, what on, do you I think? I need to move, I need to move, I have your, I have something blocking you and I just okay. have to unplug this for a second because I only have one silly little dongle for my, um, I'm so sorry. No, no problem. Oh my gosh. Like I thought, yeah, we can do this in one fell swoop and that's okay. This will be edited. So don't worry. Oh, thank God. Because now I'm looking for, after moving everything, hold on, I'm going to have to literally, there is literally a, um, thing blocking your face. Which is like incredibly distracting, and I was not able to focus. Now I can look at your face and focus. Okay, so so let's start again. We'll start with the question. So I'll ask you the question. I'm just gonna look at my notes one more time. 
I loved what you said about people spent more time looking at the four walls and the people oh yeah no I bothered them I think that's great yeah so I'll, I'll just ask you the question okay so Louise the last two years everybody's been at home what do you think has that changed what people now want from their homes absolutely we've spent much more time looking at the four walls around us in all of our interior spaces with our residences. And whereas we might have overlooked um, aesthetic or functional issues within our residences previously, we're not overlooking them any longer. People were spending a greater part of their day outside in their offices or recreational activities. And certainly COVID drove us back into our residences. And now everyone pretty much decided at the same time, hey, you know, those walls are looking a little shabby. I need to paint them. Or that sofa is a little tired. And of course, all of the furniture got much more use during this period. So everyone was driven to upgrade wherever they could. So we keep hearing, though, that because of COVID, obviously, there's been a lot of supply chain issues. So, okay, you're a person who's inspired or you're one of the people who've moved because that happened a lot during COVID. People were like, you know what? This space is entirely too small for me. Where do you even begin? What's what's the, what your suggestion on like, where do you start? So, you know, we all have, I think everybody has a list of what they want to do. And, you know, you start with your list, you start with your written list and you, then you place a timeline on it because it's not realistic for most people to do any, you know, larger scope project within a very short amount of time. So I often say to my clients, Let's look at what's the one month goal, six month goal, one year, two year, five year, and so on. Um, so starting with just the outline of what you want to do, and then we bring in the fun part, which is coming up with inspiration. And you know, I truly am a collaborative designer. I feel that I am the technician for what is in my clients' minds. They often can't articulate, but with some questioning, I can pretty much gather what they want to do. And, but if they can bring any inspiration to any of the meetings, that's always, always a plus. So having Pinterest boards or any type of vision boards, just like we do vision boards for our life planning, do vision boards for your home planning. I so, love that. That yeah. has helped me so, so much. Let's talk about when do you think a person should get professional help for their home? <laughs> I think if I left it just a professional help, it's wide open. I mean, talk, talk about what a professional brings to the idea of this versus a DIY approach. Right. So what a professional such as myself is helping the client do is assemble everything in a timely manner, in a logical manner. You know, we have to be linear because you can't do B without A. So we're, you know, we're assembling the project in a logical and functional manner and then helping you put it all together in a way that truly reflects who you are as a person and your style and your own personal taste and what makes you feel good. At the end of the day, it, the most important thing to me for a client is that they're comfortable and happy in their home. And when they look at everything around them, it just gives them pleasure. Now, that's not to say that we don't all at some point experience displeasure when things get maybe a little messy or damaged, but overall, just to have it come together and look good. 
I have to tell you, and I'm going to share my own personal story, which is, you know, I was one of those people who made the boards, cut things out, read architectural digest, thought I really knew what I wanted. But working with you was such an extraordinary experience because it took you to an entirely different level. Like you were able to actually seamlessly bring all the different elements. Like I love this couch and people who watch these videos know that I love my Jonathan. Alice, we have to be honest to, to the listeners and viewers here that you came with that sofa and that was a key element that we built around. So that was a beautiful thing. You said, I, I bought the sofa. I love the sofa. We're going to put it in this room. What else do you see? So you came to me with a core element that was very critical for that particular space and continues to be important in your new space. You've moved subsequently into your new awesome. home. So of course and- it was also at a find. I got to thank you. Thank you. Jonathan Adler, 90% off or maybe 95% off when their Philadelphia <laughs> store closed. But yeah. I'm going to tell you, I'm also going to out myself. I was also a bad client. I was very resistant because when you suggested this really bold paint color for my living room, I was terrified. Even though you told me, don't go in there when the painters are doing it. Don't <laughs> look at it. And I think I remember sending you photos as they were doing it halfway in. I was like, this seems very bold. Oh no, are we doing the right thing? And you did exactly the right thing and said, just wait till they're done. And when it came out, it was, I mean, that interior was one of the most beautiful places I have ever, ever lived. And I think the other piece is that when you do get quality items, when you take them into new spaces, it also turns out like it's here in a different space, but it's still very beautiful. And you know what? Your space is truly reflective of you as a person. It was not my, it was not Louise Cohen Interiors putting her stamp on Allison Wu's residence. It was Louise Cohen Interiors developing what was in Allison Wu's mind and bringing it to fruition. And then you're living in a beautiful space. So, well, you're and, so, so right. Sorry, Louise. I, so you. I mean, I think the other pieces is that you, what you help do so brilliantly is you really help each individual come alive in their space. And that's why you need someone to transcend what you see in a magazine or like, which is styled in a particular way or in a catalog for some theoretical person to actually work with what, what people actually have. Do you remember one of the first questions I asked you? What colors do you have in your wardrobe? Bingo. We were standing in your foyer and you were saying to me, I think I might be able to live with this color. It's not so bad. And I looked at you and I said, Allison, would you wear this color? You said, no. And that, that's not to say that the wall, the colors on your walls have to be only what you're going to wear. But it was a color that I would never have seen you in. And it just didn't, to me, it didn't represent you as a person. That was revelational because it looked like when I walked into that house, I told you, I thought restoration hardware had exploded (laughs) in there, which was beautiful. I love restoration hardware, but you were so right. None of those sagey green buttercup yellows were colors that I own. Like I wear clear, bright, strong colors because I know they bring out the best in me. And that's what you translated into my home. And it has been a huge difference. Huge. Because you look at everything and it makes you happy. And that's what it should do. Suffused with joy. So I would say that it's not only, like you're not the only person to help exemplify that, right? Set designers do that as well for characters. And when you're watching your favorite movies, TV shows, 
that set really tells you who that person is, right? Oh. And so I think if you're thinking about like, how do you create the set for your life? You can also look at how, you know, professionals do it for TV. And there are some amazing, you know, interiors. People have been talking about this coastal grandma look that, you know, was from something it's got to give the Diane Keaton look. Um, and certainly that sent, you know, interior designers ablaze with looking for all of those beachy type fabrics and all of that. But some of the more recent shows I know that you and I have both loved have been succession. Like, let's talk about some of those succession interiors. Oh, sure. So, you know, certainly also being home for two years with COVID, you know, with the COVID pandemic, we've all been watching much more TV. And instead of getting our inspiration from public spaces or other people's homes, we've been getting our inspiration from what we see on television. And these set designers are doing it fabulously. So Succession, I love because, um, you know, Roy and uh, Logan and Marsha Roy, their, their townhome on the Upper East Side. It is just the personification of ultra wealthy, that very elegant, louche kind of interior design where nothing necessarily pokes you in the eye as being a standout, but everything together works seamlessly and beautifully. And, you know, the layers of soft colors and the, um, the combination of the different styles, you know, they're, they definitely have a more traditional bent, but then they throw in a few more modern upholstered pieces, which, you know, it's just, it's absolutely what you would actually see if, in, you know, if Logan Roy were a real person, you would actually see that in his home. And then his son, um, Kendall Roy is, you know, when he, this is a, you know, he's going through a lot of transition in his life. And, you know, we see him leaving his marital residence, moving into, you know, I think he had the Tribeca loft at some point, but then moving into that um, apartment in Hudson Yards. And it was very modern and crisp, but kind of had a transitory feeling to it, much like you know, what Kendall is actually going through as a person. But again, you know, you could see it was very well designed, ultra modern, beautiful, you know, it had wonderful views, but it lacked, it, it lacked a few elements. It felt a little, it felt a little soulless, which I think spoke well to his character. Mm, yes. And probably not what you would want to, to recreate, but also kind of the danger of falling in love with like what the catalog tells you. <laughs> you know, what you should have, et cetera. Um, you'd mentioned the whole idea of a townhouse. The show that I've been totally binging has been Anatomy of a Scandal, which the story is a little bit threadbare, but the interiors, I mean, it's a London townhome, right? All of my colleagues and I have been like disseminating and like dissecting, oh my gosh, there's the Cole and Sons, beautiful, you know, birch trees, wallpaper oh, yeah. in the kitchen. What does he have, you know, in his office? I mean, just, and the flow of the interiors has been extraordinary. Beautiful. It's a beautiful, it's a great example of a classic Georgian or Georgian revival home, you know, and it's in, it's in the Mayfair section, which is, you know, just absolutely stunning for the most part. Every home, stunning. And, you know, it's, it's yes, every space flows seamlessly one to the other, but without being staid or boring you know they do use they use more colors than many you know I think some other set designers and they use it judiciously and intelligently where it's you know you just look at the space you think wow that is beautifully designed one of my favorite favorite scenes is one of the very first scenes in the show when she's on the sofa and he 
comes home to talk to her about the scandal that's about to break. And it's, you know, the premonition is, it's right there. It's visual. She's sitting on a sofa and she has all the family portraiture be behind her on the wall. He's sitting on the opposite side of the sofa and the wall behind him is blank. You know, mm -hmm. and, it, and there is not a better way to illustrate what is about to happen to, the, to this couple than by their surroundings. And yet it's still beautiful. You know, they, they use a lot of symmetry. You'll see that with matched night tables or end tables, matched lamps. You know, everything was perfectly and beautifully placed. And you could see this woman took pride in having her life very carefully organized. And then it starts to unravel. And yet still has a very global transatlantic view. Like that home would be perfect in the Upper West Side, probably perfect also in California, great in London. Amazing. So these ideas of these trends, and you talked a little bit about this idea of having traditional pieces of modern. I mean, I think there's all pieces that like we love and how you incorporate them really becomes that very artistic piece. So I'd ask you, given that, I know when I was in London, I saw a ton of boucle. Uh, I was at Harrods. I looked at their beautiful, they have a floor just for interiors. I had been here in King of Prussia at Mitchell Gold. There was a ton of boucle here. I mean, what are some of the big trends that are coming up that people should be looking for if they want to add pieces to their home? So I think certainly we're seeing much Boucle, absolutely. Boucle, it has been around for a long time. You know, certainly we saw a very, very strong trend with interior use of boucle back in the 50s. But we've been seeing use of boucle since really the 20s with Coco Chanel and the suits. So, you know, it's it's a perfect example where you get the crossover from fashion to interiors and vice versa. Um, boucle is usually a very durable fabric. It's a wool-based, you know, it has a very specific hand, which is, you know, how it feels when you touch it. It's usually soft, but not super soft, and it wears beautifully. And it's and it it's a fabric that you could truly use in any design style, whether it be traditional, modern, classic, anything in between. Um, we're all you know we're seeing a lot more wallpaper, you know, much more uh, texturing on the walls. You know, Venetian plasters starting to come back. Um, you know, these hand troweled finishes, but certainly wallpaper is very big right now. And with the advent of print on demand, such as spoon flower or flavor paper, oh my gosh, you know, there's all these artists for years that, you know, they couldn't necessarily get their product in front of a manufacturer, um, such as Tubo or Cole or Brunswick or any of those other York wall coverings. And now with spoon flower and flavor paper, artists can put their designs out to the world, you order it, you know, you don't have to order extra yardage, you order exactly what you need. And it's a lot of bang for the buck. It really, really is. Um, so, you know, wallpaper, we're seeing sculptural pieces, you know, any type of accents that are very sculptural and feeling with kind of, you know, clean edges, but maybe a little more curved and rounded, a little bit of throwback to 70s, late 70s, early 80s. We're seeing a lot of that now. Um, you know, the, the great thing about the internet is that now we have access to so many more ideas. And there's really, when you say trends, yes, there's trends, but then there's, it really has to fit the person. So, you know, we're still seeing a continuation of kind of soft 
neutral palettes, but really adding some bold punches of color, such as what I see behind you right now. You well, know? this is the, your, your philosophy of always add a little Chinese something. It happens to be more <laughs> of my heritage, but always add a little bit of something Chinese to your space. Louise, okay. as we talk about the idea of adding global influences to the home, what's your take on feng shui and how do you apply it in interiors? So feng shui is absolutely critical, no matter what space you're designing, residential, corporate, hospitality. Um, you know, when you look at the flow of energy that often correlates with the flow of the space and much of feng shui is just literally common sense, right? We don't want to have our bed close to our toilet. That's bad energy, but it's also a hygienic. So why, you know, many of the feng shui principles, when you stop and really think about them are just the most basic tenets of good design. Um, we all know that a round table makes a very diplomatic seating arrangement because nobody is more important than the other. However, if you wanted to have a guest over and you wanted to be, you wanted to feel more important, you would want to sit at a rectangular table and you would place yourself at the head. So these are all feng shui principles. I may not, you know, throw a bagua immediately over somebody's floor plan, but certainly if you've worked long enough and used feng shui principles, you know when you are, when the Bagua is not working within a particular space. And certainly I've been fortunate that I've house shopped with a lot of clients when they've been changing residences. And, you know, you'll walk in and you just, a space doesn't feel right. You can feel it. You know, it's a subconscious tingling. And when you lay the, ba the Bagua over the floor plane, you'll see immediately, oh my gosh, you know, you have a toilet in your wealth corner. <laughs> so they're literally flushing all of their wealth down the toilet. And I've been lucky that I've been able to steer some clients away from residences with not necessarily using feng shui principles, but using common sense principles of this won't work because of these reasons. Right. And the bagua is the shape actually that the Chinese practitioners use yeah. to overlay on top of a floor plan to kind of look at where elements are. Question for you, just because it is, um, we're getting to warmer temperatures and people are going outdoors. Should people be thinking about their outdoor spaces and sprucing them up to somehow flow from their indoors? How do you approach Absolutely. that? Absolutely. You know, even before COVID, we were seeing the advent of exterior spaces becoming more like your living spaces during the warmer months. And that does it even that doesn't matter what climate you live in. We all need to be outside. Um, people love to socialize outside, especially when the weather's nice. So yes, we're in that prime time of year where everyone's sprucing up, buying new furniture. Of course, my advice would be start thinking about it early. If you are playing an overhaul of any exterior spaces, your, your yard, your patio, you really want to start thinking about it in maybe December or January. Um, you know, especially lead, longer lead times on product orders right now. You know, if you're going to order new outdoor furniture or if you need to have any type of landscaping or contracting work done, we know that contractors and landscapers are extremely busy right now, booked out months in advance. So you would want to, and, and that goes for pretty much any project. You want to approach it. You want to give it a, as long a lead time as possible. Start thinking about it and start planning, knowing that, yes, I want to do this now, but I might not be able to actually have it implemented for six months due to labor 
or product. All the things going on. Yes. Fantastic advice. Where can people connect with you, Louise, if they're interested in learning more? So my website, of course, lconeinteriors.com. And you can email me or give me a call the old-fashioned way. My phone number is listed on the website. Um, I love that you're also, you work not only on residential, but office spaces too, and other spaces. I would imagine that given today and the way work has changed, that there's probably a huge way people are thinking, rethinking their office spaces too. Oh my gosh. Yes. Well, those who have returned to the office, you know, we're, we're kind of starting with the 10,000 foot view of how are we reconfiguring very large spaces for larger companies? What does that space usage look like? Um, you know, you had referenced in a phone call previously how, you know, various companies you were aware of were actually selling off entire lots of real estate and, you know, because more people are working from home. And so, yes, how do we make the, the office more attractive for the people that do need to go into the office? And then on the flip side, how do we make the home office work in your actual home is equally as important. So many, so many places to tackle. I'm ready to create my list. It's never ending, which I guess is true. Good because our lives are never ending. So it's always a dynamic place to be. Louise, thank you so much for the time. Appreciate you helping us learn how we can build homes that we love and just, you know, keep on creating beauty. Thank you very much, Allison. I appreciate you having me on. 